Welcome to another episode of Propcast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire, and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shionbala and Bimbala Osaige. Hi, Bimbala. Hey, Dami. How's it going? I'm good, thank you. Excited to be recording another episode of Propcast. Propcast, your your... podcasters. What's going on? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I'm always excited as well to record. I think I like talking. <laughs> really? Like, really? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I like talking. I definitely like talking. I like recording. Now the edit bit of it and all the other work to get it out there, maybe not so much, but the recording, the talking <laughs> and discussing, I love it. The rest of it you love. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. fine. We can't love everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of it, just get it out. So, mm. yeah. Today, Bimbala, we're going to talk about the five levels of wealth. The right. uh, reason we're talking about this is because in the previous episode, we talked about something that it's quite often sold to us when we go to, you know, the property training, property education, because we're big on education and we're big on encouraging people to get some form of property education mm-hmm. and one of the things that they always talk about is you know financial independence so we thought it would be good to actually do a deep dive mm-hmm. into the levels of wealth and actually what does financial independence mean and you know how does property relate to it so i guess without further ado you know according to studies there are five levels of wealth so Financial independence is probably the most popular one that we hear of, um, but there are actually four other ones, and we're going to touch on those today, yeah? Yes, we will. Okay. Starting off with financial independence, I want to just kind of put it out there that financial independence is actually relative. There isn't like a, uh, okay, if you earn this amount of money or if you're have this amount of assets you're financially independent it's a very relative term and each would have their own figure or their own definition or what financial independence means to them so i think in our attempt to do this podcast we might talk about what that means to us when we talk a bit more about the specifics exactly so having said that let's dive straight into it So the first level, and if you can imagine where we say five levels of wealth, so the first level being right at the bottom and the fifth being right at the top. So number one is financial insecurity, okay? Financial insecurity. Now, you're probably not going to get many people who are talking about this, but (laughs) different levels so that you can, as an individual, assess where you are and, of course, tailor your goals to where you want to get to. So financial insecurity is actually, according to the definition, is where most of the population remain for their entire life. Now, I don't know about you, Bimbala, but when I read that, that is a bit scary, isn't it? It is. It is. So just to expand a bit more on it, it says, you know, it's where most of the population remain for their entire life. And this is because they're never like, you know, people are never more than a few months away from complete financial disaster. Mm. And the because of that is because often most people only have one source of income i.e earned income from a job and you know from a wealth perspective 
that's a very risky place to be. And, you know, we've just gone through a very, you know, a big problem here in the world, actually, not just in the UK, in the world, not just in the UK, but all over the world. Mm -hmm. And seeing that having just one source of income is very, very risky proposition. So financial insecurity is the first level of wealth. It's where you're just getting by. And as the definition says, unfortunately, most people spend their entire life at this level. Yeah, yeah, that is very scary. But just to kind of try to humanize it, actually, it is, for the most part, this is where everybody starts from. Unless you're born into a very wealthy family, maybe you're born into the royal family or you're born into some sort of royalty or some sort of generational wealth. For the most part, most people, including the people that we look up to these days as financially abundant or very wealthy, most people start from financial insecurity. So I suppose what I'm trying to say is if you're in assessing where we are, if you find that you are in this place, it's not to feel dejected about it. It's literally just to have an awareness of actually, this is where I am right now. However, I don't have to remain at the spot because like they say, if you are, if you only depend on the one income, you're very much in this. And the thing is, no matter how much your income generates you, so no matter how much income you get, the fact remains that if your only source of income is from just the one source, you are very much in this financial insecurity stage. Uh, and I think it's good that I say that because someone could listen to this and think, well, actually, yes, I do have my one job, but I'm okay. I've got money in my bank and I'm good. Yes, you might be good right this minute. However, if anything were to happen, if you lost your job today, you know, you could easily find yourself in a place where it's really tight. And the annoying thing about savings is it takes so long to save, right? Like when you have a great job, you have a lot of income. It takes so, you know, like it, it takes a while to save money. But trust me, the day that you lose your job, literally <laughs> within a few months, all of your hard-earned money saved that has been saved for years can literally be wiped out in the space of a few months. And I know people that are going through this during this COVID period can attest to this. So, yeah, that's a place that we don't want to stay in. So we ought to yeah. really want to move away from that. They say the average UK individual is probably no more than three months away from losing everything, meaning that they don't have more than three months worth of savings. Yeah. So, and then combined with one source of income, mm. um, a very interesting or frightening proposition. So, so yeah, so that's the first level of, I guess, wealth on the wealth wheel. It's financial insecurity. Okay. The next one is financial security. And as the name suggests, <laughs> it's the opposite of financial insecurity. But financial security really is when you start to have assets that generate you consistent recurring income to cover your basic living needs. So if you were to lose your job, for example, it wouldn't be a disaster. Yes, it might pinch you and you might feel like, oh my God, I need to get a new job, you know, you're not literally at the end of your rope because you've got asset that is generating income and that's what you call passive income, right? Where, you know, you've invested in something and you continue to get income from that. So that's a better place to be. And that is easily 
achievable as well. So like I was saying earlier, if anyone was in a financial insecurity spot, it's quite easy with the right education to move or to start to work your way from financial insecurity to financial security. So it's easy for you to, even if you do have a great job and earning quite a bit of money, if you don't have an asset yet, you can start to work your way into securing assets, you know, start with the one, then move on to the next and the next and the next, so that you begin to build some level of security around your finances. Yeah, so that's financial security. Yeah, and the important thing to note about this is, as you mentioned, you have assets which generate income. And the thing here is that it's not to say that the asset income you get is equal to your earned income. Mm. What you need to look at this level is, what are my actual basic needs and expenses? So you're covering your food, you're covering your bills, you're covering whatever else you need to do to live, not necessarily what you earn, so, for example, maybe you earn like £6,000 a month, mm. uh, for example, okay? But you actually only spend £3,000 a month and then you save the rest. So if you're looking at, okay, you know, from a financial security perspective, you really only need to cut your asset income would be 3 k to cover the bills that you have, okay? It means you can't save that extra 3 k but from a secure point of view, you know that if that job should go, you're still able to cover all your basic needs. Yeah. So that's what you need at this level. It's not so much to say that it's your earned income, but it's more, what do you need to cover your basic needs, your everyday needs that you need to live, your bills, phone bills, all of those bits and pieces. Mm. Uh, so your asset income is generating that same amount as your basic needs and that puts you in the place of financial security so if you have two properties which were generating one thousand pounds rent each month each and which will give you two thousand pounds rent each month after all bills paid and everything then that means in order for you to get to your financial security number using the example i used earlier then you would need maybe another property to generate another £1,000 a month. And mm. then there you have your asset income, which equals 3K, your earned income, which is 6K, but actually your basic needs are about half of that. So, you know, you now are a financial secure place because if you lose your job, you can cover your basic necessities. So I mm. hope that's helped and kind of painted a picture of the financial security level. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the goal, really. That's where I'm trying to get to. So then the next one, then, which is the bit where a lot of people most of the time are aiming for, especially in our industry, when we're talking about property, investing in property is financial independence. And this is the one where it's so relative, like you can it's definitely not based on your bank balance so first of all let me just talk about what financial independence is and then we'll talk a little bit more around this so financial independence is the is literally where you want to be at right is the goal what is the goal <laughs> so this is where you're able to live a life without compromise and i liked i like i like this definition without compromise because a lot of us are driven by how much we make driven by the well, one literally we're driven by what pays the bill whoever pays the bill like they say money talks and everything else <laughs> everything else i don't want to mention here when you're financially independent you can start to make some decisions 
that maybe on a good day you wouldn't be able to make because you're still very much dependent on your job and you don't have that freedom to do what you would like to do financial independence is where you have money flowing in from multiple streams of income or multiple assets and you're very much in control you feel like you're in control of your life you feel like you're in control of your time and this is where your income far outweighs your expenses your living expense and you don't feel like you are tied to anything that you don't want to do hence that definition in life without compromise so this is where your passive income your multiple streams of income 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 from your assets outweighs far outpasses your living expense to the point where you can actually have the time to do whatever you're passionate about and you're not tied into a job so that is one i mean first of all that is the goal that's the dream that you're sold and that is i suppose where most people really even though that's not the highest form of wealth that is one where most people aim to be at and in fact you can't even think of moving into the real wealth building until you're at this point and again like i said it's relative it's not based on your bank balance yeah so you know just to add there yeah as you've said you know at the independence level which is the third stage in the kind of five levels yeah it's where your asset income now matches your it now matches your earned income or even as you said even actually maybe it's even more mm. and the reason why this level is called independence is now because you actually have a choice at this point in time to say do i for example carry on with my job because i love it so much you know, i love being in the industry mm. i love what i do i love the people i interact with and, and you know you now have that choice because yeah. some people do love what they do so yeah. you know some for example you know there are doctors you know doctors as much as they are very much overworked but some of them they really do like what they do yeah. they of helping people and for them investing in property is more kind of like a future thing and the nice thing for them is they have the option and they know they're going to work every day out of a choice rather than necessity which is a very different perspective you know when you're doing something because you want to rather than you have to because you need to pay all these bills and that's where that term independence comes in so yeah with the independence is where your asset income now matches or even goes beyond what your earned your full earned income is and that gives you a choice to say actually I don't want to work anymore or I can choose to continue working or you know what I still love what I do but I'm going to reduce how much I work so yeah. maybe I'm listening to a 3 day a week work week and then I do something else with the other 2 days but essentially it's at a point where you have that freedom to do the things you want to do. Mm. Yeah. I mean as you're talking I just remembered when I was in paid employment. And I remember those days where I would sit down and just dream. <laughs> and just dream about a time where I didn't have to come into work. Not necessarily <laughs> because I didn't enjoy what I did. I think personally from the most part of my career, I actually enjoyed going into work. I think for me I enjoyed working in a team i enjoyed the people that yeah. i worked with the people that I interacted with like i job yeah. my work for me was about the people that i worked with 
But in sure. terms of the actual task or the role that I did, so many times I would sit there and think, what the, what on earth are we talking about here? <laughs> Can we go home now? Can we have a social gathering? Can we get a drink, please, people? <laughs> and I was just thinking, Lord, I can't do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> And I know that a lot of people are, so, I mean, it's a joke, but at the same time, it's a lot of people are at the point where going to work or working is not become, it's now a, I need to just do it so I can pay my bills. And there is, you know, you just can't live our lives that way. So it's important that we begin to look for ways to make sure that our life is meaningful. And I think that's where, this is where property really comes into play. This is what, you know, because for some of us, say someone like myself, I enjoy doing property full time. That's part and part of my own passion. But I don't expect that everyone that is an investor necessarily need to do this full time. However, people can invest their money in property to give them that freedom to then go and do whatever it is that they're passionate about. So if your passion is, I don't know, scuba diving, you know that, you, you know, in order for you to do it leisurely and do it well, and you really have a great time, you don't want to be worrying about your bills not getting paid. So when you have your property income, you know, your assets and all that good stuff, you can be at liberty to then do those things that you really want to do. Yeah, it's the place to be, right? It's a place to be. <laughs> well, it's it's on the way. Remember, it's, Watch uh, it. it's on the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's number three. Number three. <laughs> we want to get to number five. We do want to get to number five. <laughs> we want to operate from number five. So yeah, but, but narrow is yeah. the way that leads to number four and five. Most people will stop at number three. <laughs> so. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So let's push on. Let's push on. So number four, mm-hmm. this is where... This level of wealth is called financial abundance. So financial abundance, you basically you have more money flowing into your life than you could possibly spend. And at this stage, instead of kind of turning your attention to just you, your family, the cars, the watches, the belts, the shoes, the handbags, <laughs> you know, and everything else that's kind of associated with that level of wealth, you can actually begin to contribute to other meaningful causes in your life. So, you know, a lot of people will, they'll say, oh, you know, the rich are only given because it helps them with taxes and so on and so forth. Yeah, it does. It does. But to be honest, there's a point where, you know, you get to and you realize that how many watches can, and you get to a place where actually you want a bit more meaning in life and you tie onto a cause and you tie on to a charity and you tie on to trying to help and trying to give back and trying to be of benefit and i think this is a place where it doesn't mean you can't do this from whatever level you are but of course it's a place of abundance where you have more than you could ever you know imagine or think of you're able to do this on an even grander scale yeah so that's the place of abundance yeah now that's where I need to be at <laughs> on my way to number five. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though, because Claim it. yeah, I mean, so this is not to be confused with being able to help a child in need or family in need. I mean, of course, those are great things to do and you can do that whether you're financially insecure, financially secure, financially independent, 
you can do all of the, you know, you can be generous to other people. But what we're talking about in this place, this is where you are actually, you know, like actively able to contribute to something that is so meaningful, like a meaningful cause. A meaning, you know, like, I don't know, you can just decide to, you can just decide that, you know what, I'm going to spend the next three months in some remote village in some remote place in Asia. I just want to really do some charitable work or really change the course of people's lives or I want to go there and build them a school or I want to go there and build them a hospital or I want to make sure that this education is readily available for young girls. I want to look at families that are being persecuted in some remote place and I want to just help them to know that there is life outside of where, you know, like meaningful things that would impact not just one person, two people, like an entire generation, an entire legacy. You can only really do that from a place of financial abundance. It's very challenging to do it in the first three stages because in the in fact, the first one, you can just forget about being able to do that. Second and third, you're still trying to gather yourself you're still trying to get your life in order you know yes you might show a bit of generosity here and there it's not on that same level where you are financially abundant in financial abundance to be able to do it without thinking and without flinching and yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a great place and, and to the, be and the other thing is, is i love what you said there in regards to you know giving back and i feel like giving back doesn't always have to be you know, also go into some remote place and live in there and so on and so forth. You can actually also give back in other ways. Like, for example, someone like Elon Musk, he created PayPal, right? He sold PayPal and mm. then he had millions sitting in, uh, sitting in his bank. And mm. the next thing for him to think of was like, how can I impact humanity or what yeah. can I do that would help humanity moving mm. forward? And this is where he then started dreaming up electric cars. He yeah. started dreaming going to you know taking doing a commercial flight to space you know all these things and this all came from a place of abundance mm. not to say that the ideas weren't ever there but at the point where he sold paypal and he had those millions sitting in his bank he could have you know finished and retired for the rest of his life and mm. he would have been fine but you know he was like you know what i want to advance humanity i want to help humanity yeah. so these are the things that i can do with the money i have so giving back is also it's not always just linked to charity where it's also actually you know how can you help advance humanity what products can yeah. you create what yeah. things can you create that will help people mm. move with you know whether it's via technology or software whatever it is so yeah, yeah and do you know that people that. are more creative in that space i believe that you and i say this with that you know I know people would argue against what I'm about to say about be people being more creative in that space. Yeah, maybe not necessarily that you're more creative, but because your brain is not constantly thinking of bills and how you're going to be financially able to do X, Y, Z, you can have that space. I believe that there's a thing there where you can be more creative. You can get creative. And even when great ideas come into your mind you don't discard of them just because oh how would that work i don't have enough money to make this work because at that point money is not a factor anymore so the limitations that a lot of us put on our ideas out of 
the need for finances, that limitation is taken off so you can dream bigger. Yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to say. When you're in financial abundance, you can like finance obviously is no longer really a limit to your dream. So you can be even more creative. Your brain cells can, you know, <laughs> work better. <laughs> Maybe I'm talking for myself here, but I honestly believe that. I honestly believe that. Yeah, the yeah. limitations are off. So you can go that extra bit in your thoughts, in your thinking, in your ideas. You know, and then you have the means to even put some of your ideas into prototype. Like, let's even see if it would work, you know. So if I told you I had a great idea now, if you had a great idea and I said, okay, why don't you just get it running and let's just see if it works. I mean, let me speak for myself. I'm sure the first thing I'm going to say, well, well, I don't know if I have enough money to waste <laughs> to see if it will fail or not. But if money wasn't an issue, we can do a whole lot. In fact, that's the reason why you know, they asked questions like, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do? Because they realized that one of the limiting, limiting beliefs for a lot of us is money, is finance, and it limits how you think. It limits what you're able to achieve when you're constantly thinking, okay, would I be able to afford this? Or not? But when you're in a place of financial abundance, you can do so much more. Agreed. And the last one, so level five of the five levels of wealth is financial legacy legacy this is another word that you know we do band around a lot mm. and it's just essentially where you really begin to think about the next generation and the generation after that you know you pass your legacy on together with the principles and the wisdom that you've built you know the principles and the wisdom that you use to accumulate the wealth and uh, you want to pass that on in order so that you can preserve and keep it going. I remember talking to one of my basketball teammates who is a wealth manager um, for, I, I think it's for Barclays, I can't remember now. But, you know, he said, when we have conversations with clients, one of their major worries is how not to mess up their children. Mm. Or if I can put it in a different way, what they can do to help, I guess, educate and make sure that their children don't squander the mm -hmm. wealth that they've been able to accumulate. Mm. So that's a fear because I'm sure you've heard of it, you know, second generation yeah. where they just kind of squander all the all the hard work of the parents yeah. who were for them. So that's, you know, and these are ultra high net worth individuals who have these worries. So being able to leave a legacy is not just about you've bought X amount of houses, you've accumulated X amount of pounds in a bank. Mm. And there you go, guys. You know, I've done my bit. See you later. The legacy bit comes in. You know, what principles did you use? How did you do it? Because principles never change. The how you did it might change. The what you did might change. But the underlying principles yeah. change. So yeah. whether that's hard work, whether that's being smart, whether that's getting educated, all of these principles are always going to be there. Yeah. So the legacy aspect, you've accumulated the money. You're also doing something which is giving back to humanity. But here you're now at a stage where, okay, I've got my children, I've got my grandchildren. What's my estate looking like? You know, do I have a will in place? Do I have it in a trust? Do mm. I have the will in a trust, for example, so that, you know, whatever is in the trust is not counted as part of my estate and that can keep going further and further, you know, down the line. Where's my pension being held? You know, what happens if I die today? Where's my pension going? 
is my spouse going to lose 50% of it or can mm -hmm. she carry it? You know, can she take 100% of my pension and use it for her and our children? Yeah. So all of these things are where we talk about legacy. And it's something that we don't talk about enough. No. Um, you know, having bills in place, life insurance. You know, and look, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I only just sorted out my life insurance not too long, like, well, <laughs> at the beginning of this year, right? Yeah. So, but it's not because I didn't know. It's just, it's one of those things that it kind of just gets lower and lower on your list. Mm. But these are all parts of your, these are all parts of, you know, and making sure that everything is okay after you transition into the next phase, you know? Yeah. So the legacy aspect is important. And actually, I'd say you can start, you don't even have to wait till you, reach you know the fifth level before you start thinking about it there are certain elements yeah. um, that you can start thinking about from a legacy perspective right now wherever you are yeah yeah it's well that's the goal really legacy being able to leave a good legacy for the generations afterwards i mean i um every time i go and and view properties and i hear some of the you know amazing properties that i've seen and you know you kind of hear the story behind how did it get to this point how did it get so bad what's the story behind this why is this going in auction and all that stuff you know the information that you get from from the agents and every time i've heard of oh you know someone died and then their kids couldn't take care of it and then maybe one of their kids was a druggie and they you know like they've just messed up the whole thing like i just my heart breaks every time i I see or hear that because I'm just you thinking. Know, that, that, sorry, sorry to cut you. That's mm. a very important thing there because sometimes it's not actually, the children don't necessarily even have to have any issues, right? Mm. What happens is the, you know, the parent passes on mm. and what will happen is because the house, however it was structured, it wasn't put in the necessary, let's say, vehicles. Yeah it gets passed on to the children, the children are straight away hit with a 50% inheritance tax. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. So on a property, for example, that's worth 500K, mm. they stump up, maybe not 50%, but 40, 40 something percent. 40, yeah, 40% above is certain, whatever the threshold yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. So now you're going to see how bad my maths is. <laughs> on a property what, worth 500 Whatever the amount is. <laughs> yeah so if we say 250 is 50 so let's call it say oh man this is bad isn't it let's just say about 200k calculation let's just say about 200k basically what you're trying to say is whatever the amount that they need to cough up because they don't have it they're forced to sell the property is that what you're trying to say or he's just trying to work out the math. So, so, you know, <laughs> he's still trying so to work out the they're math. They're going to have to stump up two hundred thousand mm. pounds, right, in order to be able to keep that house. So it doesn't even have to be a, you know, and those are very popular reasons as well. What you've mentioned, but I've seen it where it's just a case of, you know, the child can't afford it, so they sell it. Well, that's it. even not what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I know that that one is real, uh, and that yeah. happens to a lot of people. But this is where I'm actually talking about where again it's all part of passing down the wisdom you know not just the actual asset the wisdom to be able to carry this onward and so on and so forth so this is situations where the obviously without knowing the full details of most of these stories it appears to be that the children they haven't had the right education and the right 
know-how as to how to carry this on. And so the good work that their parents have done, the, you know, the amount yeah. of work that their parents have put in just seems to all be going down the drain now because there's no one to carry on the legacy. So it was just yeah. literally in keeping with what you said about even people that are very wealthy have that worry. And it's a genuine and it's a good worry to have because you can't determine what your children would do because, you know, they're human beings with their own minds. However, you can only do your best to live a legacy, teach them, instruct pass on values and so on and so forth but yeah it's a real concern when you're at that stage of wealth exactly so no and i guess that brings us to the five levels of wealth and i guess the the thing here to say is that i think from level one to three you can almost determine what that is for yourself mm. and what do i mean by that so let's take level um two for example which is financial security the financial security number for you, Bimbala, would be different for me. Yeah. And financial security number for me would be different from the next person. Yeah. So you've got to take an assessment of your own situation and work what your own financial security number is. And once you know that, you then know, okay, you can then devise a plan on how you can generate an asset or acquire an asset or acquire multiple assets that would help you to get your asset income up to that financial security number. Yeah. From there, once you've got the financial security in place, you've got a bit of a grievance place. Yeah. You can then go to the next number, which is your earned income. That's a number you know anyway, right? So mm -hmm. that's a fixed number. It's whatever you're earning. And maybe, you know, financial independence for you might be a little bit above that number right. or a little bit below that number. You determine what independence is for you. Yeah. It's not for you to go and sit with someone else and say, oh, you know, because everybody has different standards, different yeah. ways of living, different earned income. So you've got to take stock for yourself, work out that number. And then once you're at a place of independence, then everything else after that is for you to carry on and do. Mm. So certainly mm. the first three, you almost need to take stock of your own self, your position, where you are, and yeah. what those numbers are so that you know when you've gone from level one to level two to level three yeah. and then you're done. Yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that's so key. So um, I was just thinking to see, you know, thinking about the three, where do I find myself? Where am I at the moment? And I'm struggling. Are you on the levels? Yeah. Okay. I'm really trying to see where I am on this level, right? Well, I definitely know I'm definitely not at four and five just yet, okay. but I am getting there. I'm working very okay. hard to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be clear. I'm on my way. However, <laughs> I'm just trying to decide based on two and three, right? And the reason why I just wanted to say this, because I was reading something earlier today. I wish I saved what I was reading to share on this podcast, but I didn't save it. But I think for me, it's something that caught my eye and got me thinking. And it's literally around, and the reason why, so for me, so for anyone on this podcast that maybe may have listened to us in the past, or maybe if this is your first time. So I am a property investor and I do this full time. So I've moved out of my nine to five and I'm doing this. I enjoy doing it and I'm doing it for my um, financial independence. So some days I feel like I'm financially independent because now I can do what I enjoy doing. I've got a number of assets 
that helps with my living expense and so on and so forth. And then sometimes I feel like I'm in between two and three, like I don't feel like I'm yet in four. Again, and the reason being that I've got a huge family, so I have a number of dependents. And it's important because, and that's why financial independence is a very relative term. So, and it's not how much you make, like it's not how much you make, it's how much you're able to keep. Is that once you're done with paying your bills, your household expenses, the things that make you happy and so on and so forth, do you, you know, at what point or where are you in that spectrum? So this thing, so I came across something earlier today and it was talking about, you can't just be going around procreating nearly willing. In fact, that's the... (laughs) I thought it was so funny. If you're looking at financial <laughs> independence, you literally can't just be you, going you around. What, you can't go around again. procreating <laughs> nilly willy. That's exactly what that term said. And I thought it was so funny because I read it and I thought about the fact that I've got a huge family. <laughs> so I am going to be raising up my kids not to just go around procreating nilly willy. You need to have a plan if you want to be financial. So if anyone's listening and maybe doesn't have a family or a dependent yet, I think it's a good time to take a step back and think, look, if I want to get to this financial independence, financial abundance or legacy quicker, I need to, you know, put my expenses and my income. I need to have a check because if you're making a lot of money, but you're also spending a lot of money, you will find yourself in a place where you're shuffling between financial independence, financial abundance, or financial security. And I just thought I wanted to share that. I hope that even makes sense. Did that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. It does. It does yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's a very, I think it's an interesting one, and I've really enjoyed talking about it. So it's for, you know, I would encourage our listeners, you know, go and take stock of your own self. Yep. Go and a frank assessment of, you know, where you are we've given you sort of the definitions of the five levels of wealth and you're not bound to stay in one level Mm. you can choose and decide you know where you are and where you want to get to and you know make a plan and work towards it so and property this being a property podcast is one of those ways it's not the only way but it's one of those ways that you can use to to generate assets which produce income and which can help you in terms of moving up the the levels of wealth. So, yeah. Excellent. Cool. Financial abundance and legacy. Here we come. That's it. That's the goal. That's the goal. Here we come. Here we come. So, no, we hope that's been very helpful. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, then feel free to reach out to us. If you found this useful, then please share it with just one person just one person mm. and that would really help us um you know in terms of getting this podcast known and getting our message out there so we thank you for listening we thank you for always coming back for more and we hope to bring you even more great content in the coming weeks excellent Bimbala, thanks it's everyone been a as usual. it's been a pleasure let me Until go and work on my one. let me go and work on my financial <laughs> wealth building <laughs> Next time I'm coming on this podcast, I'm coming as a financial abundant co-host. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right, Ciao, take care. Bye.